0: Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we tell the story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders.
1: What is going on, guys? Josh Savo here. Before we get into today's podcast episode, I wanted to uh, speak a little bit about our membership program that we created a little over six months ago at this point. Uh, if you're not familiar, what we did is we built this platform that gives members discounts of up to 50% off 90 plus startups. Many of these startups are the brands that we interview on this podcast. Um, So the reason we created the platform is really to help uh, outdoor enthusiasts discover new innovative startups really related to their favorite outdoor activities, whether it's skiing, climbing, hiking, camping, whatever, really, um, and be able to get a discount on them. So basically in addition to that, you can also apply to become an ambassador for for these brands um, all from one location. You can do it basically with a click of a button. It makes it super simple. Uh, we'll also showcase a lot of the new products that these brands are working on. Uh, you can get access to demo and trade show deals up to 60% off all of their stuff at the end of the season. Um, and lastly, we have a private Facebook group for everyone who participates uh, to get to know us and each other on a more personal level and really help us um, build the future for really the outdoor space and showcase new innovative brands so if you want to check it out head over to ready slash members and uh, you can get your first month free what is going on ready yeti podcast listeners josh salvo here your host And on today's episode i'm sitting down with the founder of till i die ryan orbone ryan thanks so much for taking
0: the time to chat with me Hey Josh, thanks for bringing me on. Um, I've been eager to get on with board with you guys since uh, since you guys came up to ski with us last year in, uh, up in Killington. Yeah, definitely. It was
1: uh, it was a snowstorm to remember, winter storm Stella. Probably one of the best probably the best 3 days I had all last season.
0: <laughs> it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. It I'm really glad was. we made it to
1: the mountain. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. But um, for the listener that may not be familiar with Till I Die, could you give a quick run through of uh, what you're all about?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, we've kind of uh, boiled down our, our elevator pitch um, into something really simple. You know, we're we're a lifestyle brand of apparel, and we focus on the outdoors, the active, and the opre. And you know, our designs and uh, our whole vibe of the of the uh, the the business is is a retro look, a vintage feel, and a diehard attitude. That's
1: awesome. And where did this idea come from? Did you always know that you wanted to start sort of a lifestyle brand
0: in in the outdoor and ski space? Well, I mean, skiing's been a big part of my life. I mean, as, as a lot of us in the industry, you know, I'm, I'm sure would attest to, you know, skiing is, is really important to, to me personally. Um, and so I've thought about, you know, for a long time, like, how can I incorporate that into, into something that I'm doing professionally? And I was working a corporate gig, uh, seven years ago when, when I first came up with the concept of Till I die. and it just kind of felt natural to pair a business idea with a passion that I had had. And um, I remember I was sitting in, in my cube on GChat talking to my buddy Paul, who had founded the who had you know, started the company with me. and we started thinking about ski t-shirts for whatever reason and we started looking online and did a little bit of research and couldn't find anything that we liked. And so we kind of saw an opportunity, uh, within this niche market for a a ski t-shirt company. And when we started coming up with ideas, uh, for, for names, I'm like, dude, what about, what about ski till I die? And, you know, Paul kind of sat there. He's like, yeah, I like it. So we looked it up and, and it wasn't trademarked and the, and the URL was available. And um, so we went through that route. And, and I remember our first official business meeting was at a uh, bar in Manhattan we had done a happy hour and we had drawn our first logo on a cocktail napkin. And I wish I still had that cocktail napkin. Cause I can vividly remember drawing out and there's four eyes in ski till I die. And it was a green circle, a blue square, a black diamond and a double red diamond over the door, the die. And that kind of started the whole, uh, ski till I die. And then what has evolved now into till I die, you know, concept.
1: That's so interesting. So, giving a little bit more background. Obviously, you grew up skiing. You're Originally from Connecticut, yeah. then you moved out to Ohio. Um, I'd love to hear more about sort of your upbringing and what really led to that moment
0: of being like, okay, let's let's start something. Well, it was it was. I had never skied before I moved to Ohio, um, which is kind of funny because you know not. Uh, when you think of Ohio skiing really isn't one of the first things that you think of definitely not. Um, I mean, it, it takes you literally, it takes you longer to get up the mountain on the chairlift than it does to get down. Um, but I had just moved from Connecticut and middle school, middle school is tough for anybody, you know? And, um, you know, I had, I had no friends and I was the new kid in school and that was tough. And so I joined the ski club, um, to, to make friends. And I remember that first day on snow, like it was yesterday and it was in a place called Clear Fork, which I, I don't even know if, if, if it's still operating, but, um, you know, I was hooked. And, you know, one of the things, you know, I've had this conversation with my dad before too, you know, cause my dad didn't ski when, when, when he was growing up, uh, he grew up in Rhode Island. And, you know, I remember at a young age, I had the conversation with him like Dad, you know, why, why didn't you ever ski? And I remember him telling me, um, you know, I wanted you guys, you know, me, me, me and my brothers to have opportunities that I didn't have growing up. And so I know dad worked really hard to be able to get us on skis in the first place. And I never lost sight of that. And so that's, you know, one of the reasons why skiing itself is, is so important to me, because it kind of gave me the confidence that I needed to go out and make friends. And, um, you know, it, it, I never I never lost the appreciation for how hard he worked to get us on snow, you know. Yeah, definitely.
1: Okay. So uh, you go through this process and you you start this, um, this company ski till I die, and now it evolves into till I die, which obviously is more focused on all of the outdoors. Um, what I want to ask is really what, what do you feel really differentiates you from other apparel and lifestyle brands in the outdoor and
0: lifestyle space? Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if you're following the industry and, and I mean, I'm sure you could do a Google search for lifestyle brands and, and they're a dime a dozen. You know, there's there's so many lifestyle brands out there. Um, you know, one of the big differences um, with Till I Die is we're, we're very design focused. And when I say design focused, you know, I mean, you know, we're not all about the, the name and the logo for our products. I mean, our our products, you know, I'll have a logo on just about every one of our designs. Uh, whether it's a back shoulder hit or on the bottom left hem or, or somewhere on the, on, the, on the garment. But, you know, we're more focused on the design of it. You know, I want the passion for what people are doing, whether it's skiing or mountain biking or surfing, to kind of come out in the design and, and be excited about wearing it. Um, you know, another thing, too, is, you know, we started as a ski company. Um, we've since evolved into doing other things and surfing will be the next big thing that we get into. But, um, you know, our customer, our guy and girl who's wearing our products in the winter time on the mountain are the same people during the summertime who are mountain biking on the weekends or heading down to the beach to go surfing or boating. And, you know, we've developed a connection with our customer where they want to wear the ski shirts in the winter and now they want to wear the summer shirts in, in the summer.
1: I yeah, know I totally understand that so did you have much of a design background were you creative as a kid did you like sort of creating these kinds of designs that went into your product
0: I love coming up with the ideas um you know I I'm not a computer guy but in in in, in the least bit um you know thank god I've got really talented people that that work on my team with me and in particular Laura who's my graphics designer um But I'll come up with the idea and I'll draw it out on a, on a piece of paper and I'll either snap a a picture and I'll send it to her. I'll show it to her and I'll kind of talk through what my idea is and she'll laugh because it's a stick figure. And, and then she'll be like, all right, well, you know, I I can turn this into um, you know, she turns it into beautiful artwork, but I always have an idea and, you know, something that I've been good at, over the course, even of my careers, is, is articulating what I'm thinking so other people can understand it, and turning it in 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 her world into design terminology, um, where, you know, it's it's coming through in in what we're actually putting out on the product. Um, you know, my background when I was when I was uh, in in corporate was uh, fashion, but it was on the planning and merchandising side of the business. So. I understood, um, inventory control and I understood what an assortment plan is. Um, and you know, that's helped out quite a bit, you know, uh, even with our current product line, um, you know, we're just now introducing hoodies, uh, that you'll see for the first time this, this season and, uh, bonded fleeces, which are important, but, you know, I could do, I could probably do 15 different categories. You know, I could do zip ups, I could do hoods, I could do mocks, I could do Vs. But, you know, from the planning aspect of what I used to do, I understand that I can't grow too big too fast. And, you know, something we've been able to, to control is one editing down the assortment. And I probably have, we probably have like 50 or 60 designs that no one's even seen yet because I don't want to introduce all of them. And then two is, you know, what kind of bodies are we putting our stuff on? Um, You know, I don't want to have seven different product categories. You know, maybe this season we just, we can just do four. Um, And that came from the last 11 years that I've spent working in in the fashion industry.
1: So uh, along this journey, and obviously you've been, you've been doing this for a while, but what about the process that you developed, um, and strategy that you implemented helped you build a, a profitable business.
0: Yep. Um it was just the expertise that I had learned from um, you know, my prior career. When when I started it seven years ago, um, I didn't I didn't know enough. I didn't know enough about production. I didn't know enough about overhead cost. Um, <clears throat> I had a lot to learn. And uh the first time around we basically failed. Um you know we had started to develop a really cool niche following um of a core customer that you know would come mountain to mountain with us or or find out about our business or in our in our brand through through word of mouth um but it was kind of leveraging um what i had learned from our first failure into the second round of really scaling out the business properly um you know, another thing, too, is, you know, a lot of people have ideas and ideas are great. And, uh, I, you know, I tell everybody this, you know, there's there's no such thing as a bad idea. I mean, for the most part, but uh, <laughs> for, <you> know, <laughs> there's, there's 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 no such thing as a bad idea. You know what what you what you lack is execution. And I didn't have the execution and the discipline the first time around to really do anything with the business that was going to grow. Um, I looked at it like. It's gonna build itself, and it, it doesn't. Um, you know, I'm working. You know, some days, some days I, I, I do an hour or two worth of work, right? But then there's days where I'm literally not sleeping, and I'm up at the computer until two or three o'clock in the morning, you know, writing out, adjusting my business plan, or uh, coming up with new design concepts. Or, but you know, it, it doesn't stop, and you know that includes saturdays and sundays and sometimes you know i want to go to happy hour with you know with all my friends or i want to go uh hang out and and, uh, and party with everybody but i can't um you know and that i started to develop about two years ago when i got serious about the business um it was actually my friends We were up in vermont and uh, i remember this conversation like it was yesterday we were all sitting in the kitchen and um <clears throat> they had said to me, you know, and you know, this is, this is my friend Leslie and Sarah and, and Frank it was the four of us. And they said to me that, you know, Ryan, we love, we love this idea. We love this business. And you know, we'd be the first ones to tell you um, that it's not going to work, but it's it's only going to work if you want it to. So you either need to get serious about this or stop telling people it's what you do. And it was kind of at that point that I got serious about it. And instead of going out with my friends for like Sunday brunch And getting hammered all day i was home working on 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 the business and uh tweaking the website or coming up with new concepts and um it it just kind of it has to come from within does does that make sense yeah of course you know like if you don't personally have the urge to make something work you're not going to um and i'm sure that you guys you and matt experience this too with with ready eddie like if you don't do it, it's not going to do itself
1: of course. Yep. You got to have that drive. You got to, you, <laughs> I've experienced that today actually. Before getting on this call, I had like an infinite amount of emails that I ignored all weekend. And I was like, I really don't. And I just got over doing something that was like incredibly tedious. And like it took me hours to get done. And I'm like, it's finally done. And I'm like, shit, emails next on my list. And I'm like, I really don't want to do this right now. But I'm like, right. Okay. Remember why I'm doing this. It's not yeah. like, the emails no. suck right now, but it's for something more important and bigger in the future.
0: No, and 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 see, like you, you have the same the same mentality, the same viewpoint that I do, and I'm sure a lot of other successful businesses do. Um, you need to bust your ass, and if you don't, nothing's going to happen with it.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're so so right. What would you attribute most of the growth to in terms of marketing? Like, what did you do? Um, throughout the life of your business that you feel were the most successful marketing feats in, in getting that word out there, getting that growth and eventually obviously helping you become a profitable business.
0: Yep. Well, the first one is going to sound so easy. It's, it's, it's kind of scary is, you know, I've been at big Killington for the last seven years and I've got a really great network of friends and supporters up on the mountain and every weekend we're all together and it's not, and, and you guys have been up there, you've seen it. It's not just three of us hanging out. There's like 50 of us hanging out and all my friends have been so supportive. Everyone's rocking till I die in some capacity, whether it's a hat or a beanie or a shirt or a tee or something, even the stickers on their cars. So my friend, number one, is like organic growth and that's through my network of friends and skiers and outdoor enthusiasts who I know and interact with on a day-to-day and week-to-week basis um, because they have been so supportive. It made it easier for people to come up and what is this, what is this till I die brand to see all you guys wearing? Cause you know, when it's more than just one or two per- people wearing your product, you know, people come up cause they're curious and they want to be a part of something. And that's what we're all about. It, it truly is. It is, you know, it's an extension of your family uh, in, in a certain capacity, but you know, people want to be a part of something. So they ask about it and then they go to the website and then they follow us on Instagram. Um, and so that's, that's part of the organic growth, which without it, we wouldn't be in the position that we're in. And then the second big thing that we've done um, was legitimizing the brand in other ways. And the biggest, uh, <clears throat> the biggest single uh, thing that we've done to do that was probably going out to SIA last year, um, and then SIA for for anyone who doesn't know is Snow Sports Industries of America. It's the biggest uh, outdoor sports trade show in the United States, um, and this year it's going to be even bigger between uh, the the merger between OR and SIA. But you know, being out there and spending the money on the booth and the membership and um, and the space that we are that we were out there for kind of legitimize the brand because retailers would come in and see us. And we had a lot of great buyer meetings, um, while we were out there, but they'd come see us and it legitimizes the brand. So, you know, people don't think of you as, you know, this, this garage band or uh, company that's, you know, you're running out of your, your, your grandmother's basement or anything. They're like, all right, well, these guys have their shit together. Um, at least enough to spend, you know, upwards of $10,000 just to be here, um, to get in front of us. We'll give them a shot. Um, I mean, we walked away with eight accounts uh, from SIA last year, which is huge. And, um, you know, there are accounts that aren't regionally focused. So it's not just on the East Coast, which is where our home base is, but, you know, the shops in the Midwest, whether it's Michigan or Ohio or um, Western Pennsylvania um, or e- even all the way out to, to New Mexico. Um, so it gave us an opportunity to expand into markets that without being there, we wouldn't have had um, any idea, you know, existed or would have been interested. And, you know, in turn, they wouldn't have had no idea who we were either.
1: Right. No, yeah, I totally follow that. Um, so along this journey, did you have any mentors
0: that really helped you build the business and get you where you are now? You know, I've I haven't had any speci- any one specific person that I look at and I say, um, you know, particularly within the ski industry, just because I'm so I'm not new to skiing and I'm not new to the culture, but I'm new to the industry. Um, you know, I look back throughout my fashion career, and and I look at uh, certain people that have definitely impacted um, <clears throat> my work ethic and um, you know what I know about the business. Uh, you know, one one individual I guess does stand out. Uh, his name is Stu Glasser, and he was somebody that. Um, uh, I, I, he was, he was the CEO of, of, uh, one of the companies that I worked at and I reported directly into him and he was someone that just had this vast wealth of knowledge. And, you know, I always knew that my end game at some point was going to be working for myself, but I would just learn as much as I could from him. I mean, every day I'd ask the questions and you know, with him, that's where I learned about the operation side of the business and the production and what it takes to go to India and produce your products overseas. Um what it costs to print, uh, you know little details within your garments like a woven flip label and and the inner beauty of 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 having a, a decorated yoke on the inside of your product or a contrast stitch or something like that. So him and Stu in particular, you know, stands out just because, you know, he gave me a chance and he trusted me with a lot. And, um, you know, he had, you know, he has had 60 years of experience. Um, and so just being able to work with Stu for, for a number of years really helped out. But, you know, even, even, um, my, my peers and my coworkers, um, you can learn a lot. I mean, you know, I didn't have a buying background per se, but, you know, I had a, a buyer who I was very close with at one of my at one of my positions and I would just, she had a great eye for for colors and fashion what work. And so I'd learn a lot from her and uh, you know even the jobs that I hated. <clears throat> I was a, a wholesale director for a long time, but you know I needed to understand the wholesale side of the business um, and then just learning from my coworkers when I was there. Um, everyone has something to offer. You just kind of a lot of times need to figure out what it, what that is. And, 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 and how do you learn from them?
1: I couldn't agree more. Um, you, you mentioned a little bit about your manufacturing process and sort of learning how to, how to set that up. I wanted to ask you more specifically um, in regards to s- sustainability in creating your product and sort of what the process is that you go through to make sure that obviously you're doing the best that you can in making the most sustainable product.
0: You know, sustainability has been something that that we've been talking about a lot lately um you know our products at the at the moment um are produced domestically uh we are getting to the point uh for next year where we're growing um at a rate that's going to allow us to move overseas and because we're moving overseas uh we're going to have an opportunity to work with organic products uh we're going to have an opportunity to work with um you know, garments that are, that are more environmentally friendly and appropriate. Um, but at, at this point, um, you know, you're basically just, you know, when you're, when you're starting out a company like this, you know, you're basically working within the parameters from a cost benefit standpoint um, that you can afford to work with and what's available to you locally. Um, so it, it limits, particularly when you're trying to be profitable and start fresh um it, it limits a lot of what you can do unless that's what you set out to do. Um it's not anything because I obviously everything I love to do is outside. Um but you know our focus not sustainability per se, um, but our focus has been more on um giving back and fundraisers and um working with adaptive sports. Um our call, I wish I could have causes that, <clears throat> um, kind of can went across all different parts of the spectrum. I wish I could impact everything. Um, but you know, our focus being, being on the, on the give back side of things right now, uh, makes more sense for where we are as a business.
1: Definitely. Now along this entire journey, what would you say has been, um, some of the hardest parts about starting and building till I die?
0: Well, the hardest part about the business so far um, was just kind of getting people to know about the business. Um, I mean, y- y- people will look at Instagram and, and social media. Oh, it's so easy. Like, just do a, do, a, do a targeted ad and then, you know, have a sponsored ad out there or something like that. It's, it's that's not how it works. I mean, I've worked tire, tirelessly. On our social accounts, and um, it's impo- it's 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 not impossible because you know it's 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 growing, but it's hard. It's hard to get people um, excited about your brand, and then how do you stand out? Like we 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 had talked about, you know, us being very design focused instead of just the brand. Uh, but how do you get people excited about your product and and convince them to pick your t-shirt instead of another one? Um, so I mean word of mouth and uh you know that's why this this year we've spent a lot more money on advertising um and event marketing um you know we think that that's the direction that that we want to go and those are the opportunities that are going to allow us to grow you know not only individual customers and and have our e-commerce site uh continue to grow but uh from a distribution standpoint you know we want to be in more shops
1: yeah, no, I totally get that. So in terms of growth, what does that look like? How many shops are you guys in and, and sort of what is, what is that trajectory looking like?
0: Yep. Um, so from last year to this year, um, we, we, we got in eight shops initially last year, which was which is a huge accomplishment. Um, they were mostly local and, you know, giving us a chance. Um, and, the, you know, the products, obviously, it's, it's sold well. And then from last year to this year, we've grown into 30, 30 stores um you know that allowed us to um expand our production and uh you know economies of scale with anything you know the more you produce the less it ultimately costs and and you know your profit increases um so growing from 8 to 30 shops in in the last year was um you know really good uh growth for us and then from this year to next year our target is 100 shops um 30 was about the limit that I could do myself um you know, between sh- picking, packing, shipping, getting everything ready, following up at the counts, because um, I'm still the only person full time who's who's doing the day to day. Next year, we'll be in a hundred stores. Uh, at least that's that's the that's the goal. And um, you know, I think that's um, very achievable. Um, but at that point, we're also moving our product into a warehouse, so we'll have a shipping facility. That's um, not only doing our <clears throat> our warehousing for us and also shipping to stores, but they'll also be uh, taking over uh, shipping from the ecom website as well. So that'll allow me to do a little bit more traveling, continue because uh, I love I love the sales part of it too. Um, but going into different regions and finding new shops that are that are potentially interested, uh, focusing and building out the um, the, the warm weather sports, which I think is a huge opportunity for us. Um, you know, there's always something to do and the less I can, or the more I can take off my plate, the more time that I have to focus on other parts of building out the business. Um, but no, I mean, right now, you know, it's, it's, it's been really organic. Uh, the growth has been sustainable. Uh, we're not getting too big, too fast. Uh, we're doing it very, very methodically. Um, and so it's, it's, it's been a good last, uh, you know, year and a half, two years.
1: What has been one of your greatest fears and how do you manage it in terms of till I die?
0: My greatest fear, and this is going to sound really corny, um, is, is, is letting my friends down. Um, and, and when I say friends, I also you know, want to include my family in that. Um, but everyone has been such a big believer in me and what I'm doing. Um, I don't want to let them down. Um, you know, they've thrown an immense amount of support our way and what scares the living crap out of me is like, shit, what if I fail? Um, and, you know, I've, 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 listened to a lot of your podcasts and I know failure has been, been a big one that, that people always talk about, but it's, it's scary. Um, I mean, you know, what kind of moved me into this position to do till I die full time was I got laid off from my job and that was fail. You know, that was that, that's ultimately failure. Um, but, you know, you kind of just got to buckle up, suck it up and, and, and make something happen with it. You know, every failure is an opportunity. Um, you know, when I got, when I got laid off from my last gig, you know, I definitely took some time to reflect on what I was doing with my life and, and where things were going um, and turned it into something, you know, that, that I'm trying to be successful with. And a lot of what has kept me going and motivated over the course of the last couple of years has been my friends and fam- the support for my friends and family. Definitely.
1: Yeah. It's, um, you know, from, from the seeds of disaster come a lot of opportunity and it's, it's in the moment it seems like it's like the worst thing that could happen to you, but it ends up opening doors and puts you in a direction you never would have done if you weren't sort of stuck in the fire like that.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's, it, it, it seems like in that moment, like you said, there can't be anything worse and, Oh, what kind of failure am I? And I suck. And this is awful. And then it's like, wait, are you kidding me? Like, there's way worse things in life that could, that could be happening right now. You didn't even like that job anyway. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, God, do something that you love. Like, and, and you know, the other thing too, it's like, this isn't even about money. Like, of course, you know, I want to be successful. I want this business to be, continue to be profitable and, and, and grow. And, and, um, God, if, if one of my shareholders hears me saying that, right now, he, he might crucify me, but, um, but it's like no, like it's not about the money. It's like I just want to be happy, and you know the excitement you see um, on people's faces when they see some of my designs is like awesome, and it's it's so euphoric, and they get so amped and jazzed on it. I love that. I live for that. And you know, you see people rocking my gear um, at the mountains, and and now it's to the point where I see people wearing it around who I don't know, and that's it's such a cool feeling. Um, and it's like, I don't care if I have to eat ramen noodles three days a week, you know, in, in order to make this happen. Like that's worth it right there, you know? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean that uh, you mentioned, um,
1: a part about your shareholders. Did you, was this business, did you bootstrap most of this or did you have to raise some capital or How how did that work?
0: Yeah. So, you know, I've had, um, you know, there's, there's six people that, that are working, um, on until I die with me. It's, you know, uh, and all, all of them are, are friends in one way or another. So, um, you know, we've got Laura, who's my graphic designer, uh, Nick G and Nick Young, who, um, you know, sometimes when we need help financially and, and now we're, we're, we're pretty OK. But, you know, leading up to uh, some of the events and everything that we've had going on and even, um, you know, buying the product because you have to buy everything up front. Um, you know, sometimes we need a couple thousand bucks here and there. Um, and it's just been nice. Uh, to have to to know that if 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 we need the money for something and I don't have it, someone else someone else will be able to step up with five hundred bucks here, a thousand bucks here. Um, you know, it's everything that we've done we've self financed, um, and you know it's amazing to think about how expensive businesses are. Like every time I touch this business, it's amazing. It's 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 another thousand bucks. Like I just bought. Uh, I just bought a bunch of. I just bought a thousand stickers. That's a thousand dollars right there. Um, you know, I just bought five hundred koozies for the Boston Ski Expo that we're going to be at in a couple of weeks, um, and some of our other events that we've got going on this season. That's another thousand bucks. Like every time I touch the every time I touch the business, it's a thousand dollars. But um, you know, we haven't had to seek out uh, outside investors, which has been nice. Uh, we keep all the equity uh, within you know, within our core group, um, you know, which is, which is, which is good. I mean, you know, if you could do that, great. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of times not possible to do that. Um, you know, I was, I was lucky too, where I was, um, I was actually saving up to buy a house and, um, you know, I got laid off, obviously you're not going to get financed for a mortgage if you don't have a job. And so I was able to take the money that I was saving up for the down payment and, you know, put that back into the company. So, um, you know, everything happens for a reason. Uh, I know it's corny to to say that, like really, really corny, but, um, you know, that getting laid off thing was probably the best thing that could have ever happened to me.
1: Definitely. Now, what advice would you give to someone that maybe wanted to start a business, whether it was in, uh, in the lifestyle or the outdoor lifestyle industry, or really just a business in general?
0: Yep. Number one is, you know, make sure you've got a passion uh, for whatever you're doing. You know, I love skiing more than anything in this world. And that's whether I'm skiing or not, you know, because I like the opera aspect to it just as much as the actual skiing, but I'm passionate about it. You know, I know everything there is to know about skiing. Um, so it's like, it comes as second nature to me. And, you know, as I'm, as I'm thinking of new design ideas um, would someone wear that or even the functionality of our products, like would that work for us here? Um, And so I go into it knowing everything that, that, that there is to know about it helps because I know if it's going to work or not almost immediately. Um, yeah, you know, sometimes I'm right. More, you know, sort of sometimes I'm wrong. Sometimes I'm right, but for the most part, um, you know, I, I kind of have a pretty good idea about you know what something's going to do before it even hits the market. Um, two is, you know, if it's a fashion industry or, or you know whether you're making or hard goods and you're making skis or something like that, um, just know everything that you can about what you're doing. Um, I was lucky in that I've had 11 years experience working in planning, um, and dealing with numbers and inventory control. And, you know, I was in charge of a hundred million dollars worth of a business. Um, and so I knew what it would take I mean, because dude, if I didn't know what I was doing, I'd buy 500 uh, shirts of every single design that I do. And that's not sustainable. Um, you know, you're not going to have 100% sell through of every single one of your product designs. You'll, you'll sell more of some than, than you do of others. But if you're spending all your money, for example, on inventory, because you don't know any better, um, you're going to tie up all your money. You're not liquid. You're not selling products. So then you're either losing money on it or it's just dead inventory and it's just you, you've got $20,000 of the product that you can't sell. Um, but that's just fashion because I know fashion. If I'm somebody that's making skis – Um, you know, don't build yourself 15 pair of skis before you've even sold one, you know what I mean? Like just understand supply and demand. Um, another big thing too, which is one of the reasons why we failed the first time, um, with ski I die was, you know, we went in way underfunded. Um, if you think you need $10,000, you need $30,000. If you think you need $30,000, you need a hundred thousand dollars. Um, you know, because there's things like, you know, we're building out a new website right now that'll launch, uh, that'll launch here pretty soon. And, uh, I just got off the phone with my web developer earlier and he's like, you know, I need 300 bucks for, uh, for, for a new SSL certificate. Fine. Like right now, that's not, that's not a problem. Like, all right, you need 300 bucks. There's 300 bucks. But seven years ago, $300 would have ended me. Like, what do you mean you need $300? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you know, but um, but you just learn from your mistakes and like what it takes. You know, I, I failed in a very controlled environment. And so it, like, it wasn't like a devastating thing. And I was, what, 20, 24 years old? So it's like when you fail at 24, it's different than failing at 32. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but no, it's like I learned from my mistakes. Like, you know, we went in with a lot more stability this time around. And I had. Given myself another seven years of industry experience and knowledge that I took with me in order to build a successful business.
1: Yeah, it's it's all about the experience. It really is. You um, you need it to really figure out, and ultimately, it'll get. It's what gets you there. Um, and I have a very similar experience where our, my first business wasn't successful, and that learning experience is what has helped me in my. My partners make ready Eddie successful this time around because <laughs> we actually know what we're doing
0: <laughs> well yeah and and do you I'm sure you go back and you think about that like, oh God, if I had even made it a little bit more successful than maybe it was, like we wouldn't be in this position that we're in now,
1: no exactly, you're so right, you're so right um okay, so where where do you see till I die
0: in the next year, five years, ten years down the road, if you've thought about it, yeah, I mean. In, in, uh outside of, you know, expanding our, our distribution, um, you know, I, I do want to be coast to coast. Um, but, you know, more so than that, I want to expand out our other product lines. Um, you know, we, we experimented with surf uh, this past summer, and then we experimented with uh, mountain biking this past summer. The mountain biking stuff, for whatever reason, just didn't work. Surfing did. Um, our surf shirts, our our tanks and our tees, our surf stuff sold really, really well. Um, and so I want to continue to build out other sports. Um, fishing is, is one that, that we really want to get into. Um, you know, people are passionate about fishing, just like they're passionate about skiing or surfing. Um, and so just other segments of the outdoor industry make a lot of sense for what we're doing. Um, you know, I, I I think I mentioned it, but you know, we're, we're going to scale it though. We're going to do it. Very, very methodically, very logically. We're not going to get too big too fast. Um, but the other thing that we're going to be doing as well is we're <clears throat> elevating our, our collection. So, you know, I don't want to be known as a t-shirt company because that's not what we are. That's where we started, and we'll never lose the, those roots. Um, you know, because I think it's it's you know important to have that core competency and, and not lose sight of that. But you know, we're um, we're already. Uh, putting together samples that uh, you, know, you guys will see in Denver uh, at SIA this year or OR um, where we're, you know, improving the quality of our current base layers. We're building out an SPF shirt for, for uh, fishing gear and surfing gear next year. Uh, in the spring, we're launching uh, board shorts, a collection of board shorts, which I'm really excited about. Uh, we're doing rash guards and surf shirts this year We're <clears throat> we just put out uh, a new bonded fleece. That's $108, which I think, you know, comparatively when you look at this next to, you know, North Face or Mountain Hardware Marmot, you know, they might be more technical, but you know, you're, you're paying for that extra tech that they're there. The quality is out of this world. Like I'd never, I'd never sell anything that I personally wouldn't wear. Um, but, you know, we're moving away from a 25, $30 price point and we're moving into uh, product categories that <clears throat> you know, you're still getting the bang for your buck and they're still very design focused, but, um, you know, we're trying to elevate the brand into different products that, um, you know, go beyond just tease.
1: Definitely. Now what, what's the best part about running till I die? Oh dude, it's so much fun.
0: I mean, (laughs) come on. It's, it's, it's so much fun. I mean, even when we're working like SIA last year was a blast. It was some of the hardest work I'd done. I mean, oh my God. When I tell you exhausted, I can't even go into details about how exhausted you are after a trade show <laughs> because it's Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday. All right, that's just a trade show. Then, after you break down everything on Sunday, then you're going to On Snow. It's Monday and Tuesday, and then flying. And we drove last year, which I'll never do again. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I'll never ever do that again. Oh my god, dude, that's a whole other podcast we can talk about that thirty six hours from hell. But um, but it's just exhausting. But I have never had so much fun working my ass off like for for uh, seven consecutive days ever um, on the mountain. Like I set up my office in in winter. I'll set up my office at the top of the mountain. And it's an office of the view. And when I'm bored at lunch, I'll go rip a couple runs. Or you know, I'm I'm sitting there and I'm having a beer during my meetings because I can't. It's it's my business. Like why why can't you do? Why can't you have fun while you're working? Like that's something I've never understood about um, you know a lot of the places that I've worked and, and what I've seen. Even with my friends who are still you know m- most of my friends still have corporate gigs. You know, it's like. If you're done with your work at three thirty in the afternoon, why do you have to stick around the office until six? Like that's just the the most mind boggling thing to me. I just don't understand. Like, leave and go have fun. You want to rip a couple runs at lunch? Go do it. Um, you want to just surf a couple lines? Like, fine. Like, go have fun. Enjoy yourself. Um, you know. But when we buckle down, we buckle down. Like, I'll work weekends. I work nights. Um, you know, it's, it's not all the glamour, but, you know, being able to do what you want when you want is, 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 is a lot of fun. Um, you know, I've, I've generally have a smile on my face. I mean, it's a different kind of stress. Um, Josh, and I'm sure, I'm sure you get it too. Like it's a different kind of stress, uh, running, running your own business, but it's, it also comes with a sense of freedom that is unparalleled in anything I've ever done.
1: Yeah, you're so right. It's, uh, the idea of being able to do whatever i want whenever i want to do it it's like basically that trip i took up to killington it was the middle of the week it was a huge storm and it was a tuesday through thursday and i was like (laughs) i can do this
0: (laughs) it's like yeah let's exactly you know it gives you that freedom to be able to say you know what i worked my ass off like i deserve this um it's uh it's 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 been liberating um you know it's just you know also you know it's a good thing I can live on cheese and ramen. <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I had to eat real food seven days a week, I don't know if that if that would work. But no, it's um, it's it's great. Like you know, we'll, we'll 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 you know hang up this conversation and um, you know, like you said, you've got eighty emails to answer. You know, I've I've got a stack of papers that I need to go to go over and contracts to sign. But um, it's all it's all worth it for sure.
1: Yeah. And it's really, it really comes down to a balancing act. You know, it's um, balancing your business, your personal life, relationships and everything that sort of comes into it. Um, You know,
0: do you, do you find too that it's like a lot of times I will find myself getting upset or angry with myself when like I take a day and I just don't like, even on the weekends when everyone's like up in Vermont, like if I don't do anything on a Saturday or a Sunday, I'm like, dude, I'm such a waste of space. But I need to continue to tell myself, like, it's okay to take a day every now and again. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, yesterday was one of those days for me. <laughs> I uh,
1: I was planning on not doing any work, and it was probably the first day in, like, I don't know, two weeks that I didn't do any work. And around, like, 6, 7 o'clock at night, I'm like, damn, you just didn't do shit. Like, like <laughs> you, you know? And I was like, I I didn't enjoy my day off as a result of it. And then I didn't like really feel energized. And I honestly, I think the main reason is because I wasn't very active. Like I spent most of the day hanging out with some friends um, in New York, not really doing that much. It was kind of a rainy day. If I was outside skiing or doing some sort of outdoor activity, I have I feel no guilt.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, because you're—I mean, that's that's accomplishing something, you know. It's yeah, not, exactly. It's, not, it's <laughs> not getting drunk and happy hour.
1: Exactly, exactly. So it, it is. It's a balance, and that's—I think the hardest part about it is the fact that there's no clock in, clock out. It's well, I need to hit these quotas this month, and if I don't,
0: well, then I don't eat. <laughs> so yeah, um yeah. I have to do that. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, listen, there's, there's no one watching us or, you know, me or you there's, there's, when you run your own business, you know, there's, there's no one watching you. And if, if you don't do something, no one's going to yell at you about it, but yeah, you might not eat that week or, you know, even moving on from, from, you know, me being obsessive ramen is like, I won't, maybe I don't have the money in the budget to do that extra marketing campaign that I want to do. Or, you know, do the ad campaign through through new schoolers. I can't, I just, I can't afford. So, yeah, it's a give and a take. But, you know, it's, I still think it's all worth it. Oh, of so course, far, we wouldn't anyway, be doing you know? it, right, mm-hmm. <laughs> if we didn't think so.
1: Um, but, yeah, no, I, Ryan, I really appreciate you taking the time to share your story and your passion for Till I Die and all the things that you're doing um, with the business and really with the the lifestyle Um but for, for the listener that wants to keep tabs on what you're doing, maybe attend one of the many events I know you guys have coming up this
0: season. Oh yeah. Uh, where, where's the best place for them to to do that? So I've actually been pretty good about updating our events page on the website. Um, and the websites, uh, we just bought the .com, which is a big deal. Um, and the website is till I Uh, you'll see the events tab on the, on the top there. And, uh, You know, all our events are a blast. So we want you guys to come out and party with us and hang. Um, A good way to keep up with with us, too, is on social. Um, You know, we we put out a lot of fun promo videos. We've got a new web series coming up this season uh, called The Downloading Chronicles. It's where where I am uh, convincing people to download. The, in the gondola with me from the peak and just interviewing them in the Gandhi, <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> but you know, and, and, and our Instagram handle is, is at till I die official. Um, but no, I mean, listen, you know, even if you, I don't care if you come over and, and, and buy a shirt, you know what I mean? Just come over and say hi. Um, you know, we'll take a run together. We'll have a beer together. Um, you know, I just, I love meeting people and you know, that's been one of the great things too, is, you know, you don't meet for the most part, Uh, you know, by and large, you don't meet shitty people in this industry and doing what you're doing. Like you, you meet awesome people. Um, and so, you know, we want you to be a part of it and, uh, want you to come along for the ride. Uh, t-shirt hat, no t-shirt hat. It doesn't matter. Just, you know, come enjoy yourself and, and, uh, and have a good time.
1: Definitely. Well, Ryan, we'll, we'll have a link to all those, uh, in the show notes for anyone who wants to check that out. But, uh, again, Ryan, I I really appreciate you taking the time and, uh, looking forward to uh, catching
0: up with you in person and making some turns yeah dude i'm i'm super stoked and uh listen if i if i don't see you guys uh early season uh hopefully we we can catch each other out in uh out in denver
1: yeah nice we're definitely going to be doing uh a trip to Killy for uh opening day or opening we- weekend so i'll let you know when we do that and maybe we can link up hey listen there's always
0: a spot at the till i die house for you and maddie and uh and whoever else you want to bring along um you know you guys are good people and definitely. appreciate appreciate you having me on without a doubt
1: if you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.